Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Good evening. How are we? You doing all right? Welcome to Wednesday Night Church. Doesn't this feel good? I love Wednesday Night Church. Like, if you can't preach in this atmosphere, then you just got to find another job, I guess. This feels so good. And, uh, man, welcome tonight. We're really honored to have you here. If you are new or visiting, can we put our hands together for all of our visitors, maybe first-time guests? Really glad to have you. You're like, you're batting a hundred right now. You're batting a thousand percent, right? Uh, on Wednesday nights, it's our first Wednesday night. Uh, and, uh, and I'm excited about it. It's gonna be a great year of Wednesday night services and it allows us to have a great option to where if, if Sunday isn't working out, you can come and join us on a Wednesday. And uh, not just here at the arena, but our other locations are with us. Can we put our hands together for them at Orange Park and Julington Creek? Uh, Pastor Ian and Pastor Bob at those locations, man. Glad to have you guys tuning in with us, man. Hope the crowds at OP and JC are having a great night tonight as well. And you made it out in the rain to come and receive the word and God's gonna honor it. I believe it, he's gonna honor it. And so if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 11. We're gonna get there in just a second. And uh, a couple things as you're turning to Luke chapter 11, obviously, um, Pastor Stovall has been talking a lot about these Wednesday nights, and he, uh, he's obviously, he's not with us this evening. He had something else that he had to participate in, um, but he wanted me to be sure and let everyone know that uh, he's going to be preaching next Wednesday, and he's going to be preaching a lot of Wednesdays uh, this year. And so he's going to be up this Sunday, so if you're around church this coming Sunday uh, on the weekend, Pastor's going to be preaching, but then he's also going to be here next week uh, on Wednesday as well. And uh, myself and a couple of the other teaching team, we've all been kind of meeting with Pastor over the last couple days, and, and I just go, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, like, his next few messages are fire, okay, so like, be sure to be in church on Sundays and Wednesdays, especially as we're leading up to Awakening Revival, um, he's going to be sharing some stuff that it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow you away, uh, some of the things that, that he's kind of studying and he's in right now, I'm excited about, it. like, I hear it in the office, but I, I want to hear it again in the message, and so I'm really excited about what our pastor is going to be sharing as we lead up to Awakening. So he's going to be with us uh, this next weekend. But also on Wednesday nights, we've been talking about something else. And uh, we wanted to do something a little different than we do on Sundays on Wednesday. And that is we want to put some notes in your hand here in real time. Uh, notes and content that's going to be taught. And so you'll be able to actually follow along with notes and points and scriptures like a, like a Bible study. We're all just doing a big Bible study together. And, and if you go to our app, um, you can actually find the notes on our app. So if you don't have the app, download the app. Uh, just search the Celebration app. You can download that. And then when you pull it up right there on the homepage, you can see the little box right there on the left, Wednesday night service notes. You can click on that box and then bam, there's tonight's message notes. And you can follow along. There's an option for you to fill in the blanks. And then when you're all said and done, you can email it to yourself. 
So, uh, so there you go. You can email it to yourself, save it digitally, print it out, whatever you'd like to do. So we just wanted to make that a little easy uh, for you as we kind of follow along and study God's Word together. Is that cool? Who thinks they might take advantage of that, that app right there? That, no, it's on that. Awesome. That's, that's why we put it there. Fantastic. All right. Are you ready to get into the Word tonight? Awesome. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. It says this, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this. And this is very familiar. Even those who didn't grow up in church, everyone kind of has heard this. We call it the Lord's Prayer. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we also, as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you has a friend? who will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me, the door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not give up, get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Yet because of his impudence, this is the, the ESV version, because of his impudence, another word right there might be because of his audacity, because of his persistence, his audacity, uh, he will rise and give the man whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Verse 10, for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it'll be open to him. If you're taking notes yourself or if you're following along, I've simply entitled tonight's message, Persistent Praying. I wanna talk about prayer tonight. Obviously, it's a great season for it. Come this Monday, we kick off our 21 days of fasting and praying and pastor's gonna tee it up and set it up beautifully for us this weekend. Um, but I wanna go ahead and get some stuff in our spirit and in our heart regarding prayer. And so why don't we pray right now together and then we'll dive into God's word. So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you that when we seek you, we find you. That Lord, when we knock, you open the door to us. And Lord, when we ask, in faith, Lord, you respond and you answer. God, I pray tonight that these words would not just uh, be simple words, but Lord, you would, you would fill them with Holy Spirit power as you deposit them into our hearts. God, I pray as always that we would not just be hearers only, but let us be doers of your word as we receive it together tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Persistent praying. Um, most of us have lived long enough now to know that prayer is one of the most beautiful, perplexing things imaginable, right? Like, like I think we've all had moments in life where we have prayed and we have prayed and we have prayed and God came through like a knight in shining armor and he did what you were asking him to do. Raise your hand if that's ever happened, right? God came through. And in that moment, you were so excited. And you really believed in that moment that, man, God answers prayer. God does it, man. He, he does it, man. He, I prayed. He came night and shining. God answers prayer. Yay, God. Like, you really believed it. We really, really believed it, right? But, but then there's this other side to prayer that we don't really talk about a whole lot. Moments when you're praying, but then things go silent. Or maybe the answer is just unbelievably puzzling or perplexing and 
And, and, and sometimes, I, I thought about this, sometimes we're praying and we're thinking to ourselves like, there is no way that this situation could possibly get any uglier. And you say amen, and then the phone rings and you answer it, you're like, hello, hi, this is uglier. <laughs> right? And you're like, no way. There's no way I was praying. How did it get uglier? How, what in the, like prayer, it's, it's perplexing, it's puzzling at times, right? And I think if we were all honest in this room, we've all had moments where you were praying and you felt like you were crazy. Like you, you felt like no one was listening to you and you were just repeating the same thing over and over and over. Or maybe like your prayers weren't even making it past the ceiling. You, you felt like you were legitimately crazy for how long you've been praying for whatever it is. And so I, I wanna chat here a little bit tonight about prayer because I think that for most of us who are praying, and if you don't pray yet, maybe you're in the room tonight and you don't really have a, a background of prayer, I hope that you, you will start to pray and you'll start to see the benefits of it. But, but for those of us who have prayed, I think we've known these things to be true. And so what I wanna do tonight is I wanna look at Luke chapter 11. I wanna uh, uh, like be our guide as we kind of walk through how Jesus taught us to pray. And we're gonna pull out some things uh, along the way. So if you're taking some notes, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the points right now. The first thing I, I wanna point out is this. Number one, prayer is the greatest strength and weapon that we have over the enemy. It's the greatest strength and weapon that we have over the enemy. If you are a believer who neglects prayer, it's like you are walking into a fight with your hands tied behind your back, right? You're, you're, you're literally, you're, you're leaving your strength and you're leaving your weapon behind your back as you walk into a fight. It's our greatest strength. It's our greatest weapon that we have against the enemy. I'll even go one step further. When you pray scripture, I, I think it takes it to a whole nother level. Well, well, why? I mean, well, look, your words are good enough. You just keep praying your words. I mean, that's fine. Like that's, that's got some power in and of itself, a prayer prayed in faith. But when you pray scripture, why is that kind of even more powerful, so to speak? It's because the words in scripture, the words of Jesus, they carry such authority. And when you pray those authoritative words and you pray that scripture over your life, man, it's a weapon and it's a strength, right? Prayer builds our faith. It focuses our attention on, on, on Jesus Christ, right? Prayer is our greatest strength. It's our greatest weapon. Without it, you will lose your mind. You'll have a hard time being encouraged. You'll struggle with sin issues and you'll be absent of peace in tough circumstances because Philippians 4 tells us that when we pray, in return, God gives us peace. That surpasses all understanding, right? You're gonna have a hard time finding peace if you don't pray, because it's a byproduct of what the Lord gives us in prayer, right? It's our greatest strength and weapon. Number two, prayer shows our dependence on God. Prayer shows our dependence on God. Prayer is a brilliant demonstration of us depending on God. So, so watch this, I'll say it like this. If you're a believer and you're not praying, what you're actually confessing is, God, I got it. I got this. I can do this. Lord, I don't actually need your help right now. I, I can actually do this. I got this. Church, in its simplest form, watch this. Lack of prayer is a sign of pride. Lack of prayer is a sign of pride because prayer shows our dependence on God. So when I don't pray, it's me declaring I don't need him. I don't, I don't, I don't need him. Lack of prayer is a sign of pride. So here's, here's the question. Are you prideful? Test number one, are you praying? Are you praying? Prayer allows me to approach God's throne with great humility. And you know what happens when you approach God's throne with humility? All of a sudden, Scripture would tell us that he extends grace. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to those who are humble. 
If I want grace, the only way I think you can get it is by coming with humility. Pride doesn't get grace. That, we even see that in the act of salvation, in the saving work of Christ. I must approach humbly. I, I must approach him with humility, and then all of a sudden grace comes to my life. I don't, I don't know how, how you go about life. I know that for my life, I need a lot of grace. I need a lot of grace uh, for, for things that I've done that I'm not proud of. I need grace for that, but I just need grace to accomplish the will of God for my life. I need grace for the anointing. I need grace for the calling. And, and when I come to him in prayer, right, in humility, he gives, me, he gives me grace, right? It's showing my dependence on God. So now let's look at Luke chapter 11 and, and let it coast us the rest of the way through right here. Let's look at verse one, and we're gonna just look at these verse by verse. It says this, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. Stop right there. Number three, prayer should be purposeful and intentional. Jesus was praying in a certain place. Prayer should be purposeful and intentional. Like this is always happening, isn't it? Jesus always makes a consistent, constant habit of withdrawing. Like Jesus sees the importance of time after time, I gotta get away from the hustle and bustle I gotta leave the disciples up behind just for a little bit. I gotta get away. I, I gotta intentionally go to the Father in prayer. It, it, I'll say it like this and maybe it'll help you. Jesus habitually got away to intentionally pray. He habitually got away to intentionally pray. If the Son of God needed to at times quiet down the noise of life, and step into a prayer closet somewhere by himself, under a tree, out by the water, wherever he was, he needed to get, if he needed to do it, how much more do you and I need to find that boy? Hadn't Pastor been talking about this for the last several weeks, the importance of a daily devotional? Daily devotional, daily devotional, daily devotional, why? Because we gotta find that place, intentionally getting away. Prayer should be intentional. Prayer should be purposeful. Right? I feel like too many believers are only praying trauma prayers. I've been guilty of it. Seasons of life where, where, where you're only praying trauma prayers, right? Like, like you totally neglect prayer until your checking account hits zero. And boy, now you're praying, ain't you? You are praying. Lord Jesus, Lord, just like you took the, the loaves and the fish and, the, and God, the fruit and the, God, there might have been a Snickers in there. I don't know what it was, Jesus, but like, just like you multiplied, Lord, would you put your hand on my checking account, right? Like, you're praying, right? But, but we got to get past trauma prayers. Some of us, we, we, we don't pray until the loved one gets a bad doctor's report, and now we're praying, right? Like, like we neglect prayer until the relationship goes on the rocks, and, and now you're praying, we gotta get past that. We gotta get past trauma prayers. We gotta get past emergency prayers and we gotta move into purposeful, intentional prayer life. Daily devotional, quieting down all that is around us, right? I got a three-year-old. I'm gonna put on Peppa Pig and Mickey Mouse that's gonna buy me 30 to 60 minutes. I'm gonna go in the other room and I'm gonna purposefully and intentionally pray, right? Prayer needs to be purposeful and intentional. Have you ever heard this? Have you ever heard it said, the struggle is real? You ever heard that saying? The struggle is real. The, oh, the str struggle is real. The struggle is real. Well, I'll say it like this. The everyday struggle is impossible without an everyday counselor. The everyday struggle is impossible without an everyday counselor. Who is Jesus 
access through prayer. Prayer needs to be intentional, right? Let's keep reading, right? Now, Jesus, he was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples, verse two. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, right? That Greek word used there for when, actually it literally translates the same, whenever, right? So whenever you pray, whenever you close your eyes, wherever you're in the car, whenever you're at the office, whenever you pray, say this. Now, I don't believe you always have to say these exact words. It certainly wouldn't hurt, but we're gonna see the spirit behind these words tonight, right? Say this, and Jesus teaches them right here in verse two. Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Stop right there. Now, I wanna I want show you why this is high-level praying, all right? This is not JV praying. This is varsity-level praying. This is high-level praying, right? Father, hallowed be your name. Number four, prayer should always be God-centered. Prayer should always be God-centered. In other words, God, great is your name. Let your name, your renown, God, let it, be, let it be lifted. Let your name be magnified. You are great and greatly to be praised. You are awesome. You are wonderful. You're magnificent, God. Let that, that's what it means to hallow the name of God. We're lifting up the name of God. We're magnifying the name of God. Prayer should always be God-centered, right? Hallowed be your name. Name. So watch this, church. Whenever you pray, whatever you're praying about, no matter what it is, the cry of our heart is not for a certain thing, but rather that in that thing, the name of God be glorified. I hope, I hope OP and JC, I hope everyone's understanding this will change your prayer life, right? It's okay to pray for the thing. You need it. It's a real thing. You, you, you need whatever that tangible thing is. But more than I just need my physical body healed, Lord, I want your name to be magnified through the healing work that you are going to accomplish in my physical body. More than I need more money in my checking account, God, I want people around me to see you as lifted up and magnified for how you are going to to supply the provision for what I need, right? Yes, I need the stuff, but more than I need the stuff, I need the name of God glorified in whatever it is that I'm asking him to do. <laughs> Hallowed be your name, right? God-centered. Now watch this. He's not gonna leave that line of thinking for the rest of the prayer, okay? Watch this. Verse three, it says, give us each day our daily bread. Give us each day our daily bread. So watch this. This is gonna change how some of us have viewed the scripture for however long you've been living, okay? Give us each day our daily bread. What he's saying right here is this. Give me what I need today to see your name hallowed. It never left the first line. The prayer's still about God. See, I think some of us, we grew up in, and maybe we didn't study it, so I'm not, you're not necessarily at fault, but, but in maybe our framework thus far, it was like, okay, Father, hallowed be your name. So like at the front of the prayer, we need to give God his props. Like, God, you're awesome, you're great. I think you're the man, you're super cool. We give God his props. And then now we move to the part of the prayer where it's like me. Like, like God, I gave you the props, and now it's like, Lord, here's my list. I need, I need this, I need this. But, but, but that's actually not, there's not a selfish part in the entire prayer. Right? The prayer is still about him. Give me what I need today to do the first part really, really well. Give me what I need today to magnify you in an awesome way. 
Give me what I need today to lift you up in front of my coworkers and family in such a supernatural way. Give me what I need today to see your name hallowed. Give me what I need today, my daily bread. It's all about God. Look at Proverbs chapter 30, right? This is another author uh, inside of scripture, but look at what this, this author says in verse seven, Proverbs 30 and verse seven. Two things I ask of you, O Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Now watch this. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become too poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. You see, the author right there in Proverbs 30, his, his main concern is the name and the glory of God on both ends. God, just give me what I need today. If you give me too much, I might get a little prideful and haughty and think I'm the man and I might disown you and walk away from you. God, if you give me too little and I'm struggling, I might do some things I'm not too proud of. So, so God, just give me what I need today. Just give me what I need today, right? Right, the prayer's still about God. Lord, I want you to be glorified. So let's keep going, verse four, right? Verse four, and forgive us our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. So point five there as you're following along, point five. Prayer brings forgiveness to our lives and allows us to free those indebted to us. Prayer brings forgiveness to our lives and allows us to free those indebted to us. I love this one, I love it. Because a prayer in faith to Jesus can free me. They can set me free. Sure did it salvation, but even beyond that, I can be set free from different things, right? The, the stuff that I'm still working through in life. A prayer to Jesus can set me free, but that same prayer gives me all that I need to now free those who have done me wrong. Everybody's finding freedom through prayer, right? It's allowing us to free others. So there's a couple things I wanna point out to you right here, right? Do you like this tonight? Do you like studying the Bible, right? This, this is kind of what Wednesday nights are gonna be. We're just digging through it. We're just digging through it. We're gonna, hopefully on these Wednesdays, we're gonna see things we've never seen before. We're gonna learn things we've never learned before, know things we've never un encountered before, right? That, that, just dig it up, I love it, right? There's, there's a couple things we need to point out right here. Um, Jesus is acknowledging first and foremost that you are going to come to him as a sinner. Praise God for that, right? He, how, how do we know that? Because he says, when you pray, ask for forgiveness. There would be no need for that line if we weren't approaching him as sinners. So Jesus is basically, hey, sinners are welcome to the prayer party. You're welcome. You can approach him in prayer even as a filthy, stinking, wicked sinner, okay? Like, sinners are welcome. Praise God for that because that was all of humanity. We can all approach him, right? But then the second thing he wants us to see is that he's acknowledging that when true, real, genuine grace has taken root in a person's heart, they now become able to extend grace to other people. I'll say this, church, there is an immense trust in God in the person who is able to forgive others. When I see individuals who have been done so wrong, but yet they walk in a spirit of forgiveness toward whoever did them wrong, boy, there's an immense trust in Jesus in that person. I, I, they, 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 they must have approached him in prayer because not only do they look free, but it's given them the power and the authority to now free someone else who's done them wrong, right? Right, this is what prayer does for us, right? Forgive me as I simultaneously forgive others. See, see, if you're asking for forgiveness, 
but you're not willing to simultaneously forgive, uh, well, then that, that's not the right way to approach this thing, right? God, forgive me as I simultaneously, in this same moment, right now, at this second, begin to extend forgiveness to everyone else who has maybe done me wrong, right? Prayer can free you, and it can free others who have done you wrong. Now let's look at this last piece in verse four. Lead us not into temptation, right? Lead us not into temptation. Number six uh, in the outline there as you're following along, prayer prepares us for what's ahead. Prayer prepares us for what's ahead. Lead me not into temptation, right? Something that's ahead, lead, lead me, right? The Lord is leading, right? Lead me not, right? It's preparing us for, for what's ahead. So, so I'll, in its simplest form, I'll say it like this. This is like the help me portion. Like this is, this is the portion where you're just like, God, I need some help. God, just help, help me. For whatever's ahead, help me, lead me, guide me, protect me, cover me, walk with me, right? That's, that's this portion. Jesus is showing us that even the righteous are gonna be tempted. The, the prayer does two things. It shows us that yes, sinners will approach, forgive me my sins as I forgive those, right? Forgive, forgive. Sinners will approach, but this portion also lets us know that even the righteous who are tempted to do things at times that they really don't wanna do are still able to approach God and say, Lord, help me with this. I'm in Christ, I'm a believer, I've been made righteous by you and the work that you've done in my life, but Lord, there are still some unrenewed things out here, and God, I don't wanna mess with it anymore, I need some help, I need some guidance, please lead me in the right, lead me away from this, right? Right, it's preparing us for what's ahead. I don't know about you, sometimes um, the loudest part of my personal prayer time is the help me part. God, help me, I need a lot of help. I need a lot of help. I need help to walk in forgiveness. I, I need help to be graceful. I need help to be kind sometimes, right? Holiday shopping, right? I just, I, I just need help to be kind at times. I need help to, to be loving at times. I need help to be caring towards people and their circumstances, even when I have a whole mound of other things that I need to accomplish, but this person really looks hurt. And I'm, God, I need help to be caring and kind in that moment, right? It's the help me portion of prayer. And uh, now what he's gonna do, and we're gonna get ready to close in, in just a second, but what he's gonna do is he gave us the Lord's Prayer. He taught us how to pray, but now he's gonna tell us a story. And if you approach this story outside of the context of the prayer portion that we've just been talking about, this story seems really weird and strange, right? That, but that's how we approach scripture. If you wanna understand the text, you have to understand the context. And, and so in the context of prayer, it makes a whole lot more sense. So let's go back to maybe verse five and we'll read it one more time. And he said to them, here's the story. Which of you has a friend who will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, let me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within the house, don't bother me, the door's shut, my kids are in bed, I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, but because of his impudence, his persistency, his audacity, he will rise and give the man whatever he needs. So, so let me break it down for 2018, okay? Um, you're at home and you're asleep, it's midnight, okay? Um, it's midnight, um, for whatever reason, there's like a camp out in your bedroom and all the kids are there and, and whatever, and so everyone's there, and, it, and it's midnight, and at midnight, while everyone's asleep, right, you and the missus and whoever, everyone's asleep, and there's this loud banging knocking on the front door, right? You're like, what in the world? 
is going on right now? And it's your friend Joe. Joe's at the front door. Joe. He's like, hey, man, hey, hey. Joe? Yeah, man, it's me. Hey, Joe, what are you doing here? Joe, it's midnight. Yeah, hey, man, look, uh, got some friends coming in town and uh, totally out of bread, man, totally out. Joe, there's a Walmart two miles from you. Nah, man, they didn't have any. I don't know, hurricane season, whatever, I don't know. And so, so, hey, can I get some bread? Joe, no, shh, no. Joe, the kids are asleep. Joe, you know the missus does not do well without her eight hours, Joe, right? Gotta take these kids to school in the morning. Joe, no, I'm not getting up out of bed. Come on, man, come on, I need this bread, right? You're telling Joe, Joe, get out of here. I'm not, if I get up and start making you bread, man, I'm gonna wake up the whole house. Can't, can't do this, right? And Joe, just leave, just leave, just leave. But what does Joe do? What does Joe, hey man, I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. Just knocks and knocks and knocks and knocks. What scripture says is you won't get up and give Joe the bread because you really like Joe right now but you'll give Joe whatever he needs to get him off your porch at midnight. Now, if you view that passage of scripture from the vantage point of God being the man in bed, it doesn't make God look very gracious and loving. He's like, oh God, here, take a miracle, get off my porch, right? Like, <laughs> shut up, just keep it moving, right? Like, doesn't make him look, doesn't make him look very nice. Um, it was told rather so that you would view it from the perspective of the man knocking. The persistency of the man knocking, the audacity of the man knocking, the relentlessness of the man knocking, right? The desperation of the man knocking. Jesus is looking at us and he's saying, I want you to pray like that. I want you to knock like you've never knocked before. I want you to keep asking and asking and asking, right? Understand this church, God is not up in heaven freaked out because you're praying big prayers. It's not like you pray a big prayer, God's like, oh no, oh, angels, meeting, 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 meeting. This is a big one. I, I did not see this one coming. We got to put our heads together, right? No. He's saying, if anything, come to me often. Come to me a lot. I am not weary. I am not scared of what you're asking. I will not back down. Knock and knock and knock and knock. Church, where's the desperation in your prayer life? Julington, Orange Park, everyone right now, where's the desperate knocking in your prayer life? Is it still around? Is it still here? Is it still present? Because if it's not, my encouragement, I would implore you in 2018 to get a desperation back to your prayers. I'm gonna knock on heaven's door like I have never knocked before. Heaven is gonna be sick of hearing from me because I'm coming at it every day, right? I'm just gonna knock and knock and knock, persistency. I'll say it like this, if you have the audacity to ask, God has the ability to perform. 
if you just have the audacity, if you have the persistency to ask, God has the ability to perform, right? So he gives us these three words in final from verses nine and 10. He says, I tell you, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it'll be opened. Three words that are teaching us how to pray. Number one, he says, persistently ask. Ask was the first word there, ask. Persistently ask. What are we asking for? Well, first and foremost in your prayer life, ask that the name of God be hallowed in every area of your life be magnified in every area of your life. Lift it up, right? Persistently ask, bring those petitions and requests to God. It's all right, bring as many as you got, he's good. Persistently ask, don't be afraid to ask. The second word though is he says seek, persistently seek. Persistently seek. Now, now, now me, this is just, this is the clay revelation out of this, right? I don't know, a million scholars might say a million different things, but, but when I look at the seek part, I think there's some action step here. Like I think when it comes to our prayer life, most of us, we understand the asking portion, but we're a little lacking in the actual practical step seeking portion. What I mean by that is I'll give you some examples. Um, like, like some of us, we're just stuck in the same cycles in our prayer life because we put no practical legs to our prayers. So I'll say it like this. Um, some of you, uh, perhaps you, you like destroy every relationship that you ever get into and like it just ends up crashing and burning in flames. And so you go back to God and you ask for another one. You ask for another opportunity. But in the meantime, you've done nothing to seek out wisdom and counsel as to why it is that every relationship ends up on the rocks. Right? Is this connecting? Is it making sense? Right? Some of us, we ask God for the job, right? God, I need a job. But we never take the seeking practical step of actually turning in some resumes and filling out some applications, right? Like, like the job fairy just isn't gonna like wave a wand over you in the middle of the night and like you just wake up with a job that pays you 75K. Like it's not gonna happen, right? There's some practical seeking wisdom, seeking counsel, right? Some people, man, they pray for an increase in their finances. That's a good thing to pray for. You can pray for that, sure. But, but, but the problem is, is that perhaps they're a horrible steward of the money they have right now, and they don't do any seeking as to how to gain wisdom and counsel to be a better steward, right? We're really good at the asking, but let's get better at the practical seeking. I wanna seek wisdom. Even in the midst of me praying, I wanna seek counsel. I wanna seek wisdom. I wanna seek understanding. Other people might be able to, to help, right? Right? See, oftentimes we, uh, we, I think we sit back in our prayer life and I've done this so many times, I'm trying to be better at it. And, and we say like, God, I'm waiting on you to do something. Like that's my prayer, God, I'm waiting on you to do something. Sometimes I think he's like, I'm waiting on you to do something. <laughs> right? No, I gotta ask you first, you know, like, <laughs> right? I'm waiting on you, but I'm waiting on you. Like there, there's a practical step of seeking at times, I think that we can even put into our prayers. And, and the third one is to use the word knock, knock, persistently knock. That means just take the first two and repeat. Take the asking and the seeking and just do it again. Like that song that we were just singing, do it again. And you do it again and you knock and you knock and you knock and you knock 
and you knock. And if the Lord didn't answer on that knock, so to speak, you, just, you knock again and you knock again and you knock again and, and you just keep knocking, right? The Bible tells us, we don't have time to read it tonight, but the Bible tells us a story about Abraham and Sarah in the Old Testament and you can go and read about it. But um, the Bible says that they prayed and waited. They knocked on the door of heaven for 25 years for a son, 25 years, right? The Lord promised a son and God keeps his promises. So eventually there's the son. But for 25 years, they knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked. How many of you know there's some desperation in that knocking? 25 years of, of knocking and knocking. And I just came to encourage us as we get ready to jump into a prayer and fasting season. Whatever it is that you're praying for, whatever you've set aside for these 21 days that's quickly approaching, um, I want you to knock until your knuckles are red on the door of heaven. I want you to knock like you've never knocked before. I want you to ask with persistency. I want you to seek with persistency and I want you to knock because the Lord hears and the Lord's moving. You know what I've learned about prayer? I'm 32 years old and I still learn things all the time about prayer, but here's what I've learned when it comes to praying, waiting on answers, all that kind of stuff is, is at the end of the day, you just have to ask yourself and you have to answer this one question. Here's the question you have to answer. Um, do you believe and do you trust that he is a loving, good father? Sometimes we pray for things and we have to wait a while. But, but the main question that you need to answer is do you trust that he is a loving, good father? Because if your answer to that question is yes, I do trust that he is a loving, good father, I believe everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will take care of itself. Do you trust that he's good? Do you trust? What, notice what I didn't say. Um, I, I didn't say, do you understand? I've been in plenty of rooms where prayers are being prayed and there is no understanding as to why it's going the way it's going. You ever been there? There's no, I don't think you have to understand. I would never put that weight on you. I don't even think scripture puts that weight on you. You don't have to understand. You just have to trust that he's good. You just have to trust that he knows what he's doing. You just have to trust that he's the loving, good father because more than I need more money. Hey, if you need more money, pray. Pray for that finance and provision. More than I need that, more than I need a good job or a dream career or a better car or whatever. And those aren't bad things. Pray for that stuff, please. But more then I need any of those things. I need to trust limitlessly in the person of Jesus Christ. And if we can accomplish that, everything else will take care of itself. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray for us right now and I'm gonna turn it over to the campus pastors as soon as I'm done praying. But right now, as we're all seated at Julington Creek in Orange Park, if you're comfortable, why don't you maybe just put your stuff down on the ground right now or right there to your side. And, and if you're comfortable, I just want you to kind of lift your hands in the air right where you're seated. I'm gonna pray for us. And whatever it is that you are in the middle of praying for right now, I want you to put it on the forefront of your mind. And I want you to begin to pray as I pray. So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, just as you taught us, God, I pray that you would be magnified in our lives. God, I pray that you would be lifted up, that you would be glorified, Lord. That, that we would see each and every day that you are great and greatly to be praised. God, give us every single morning, every new morning, give us what we need to, to see you lifted up in our life. Give us what we need to, to be able to see and behold and even put on display how your Holy Spirit uses us, the power of God on display so that everyone around us can see what you are capable of. 
and what you do in the lives of those who trust you. God, I pray that whatever we're believing you for, God, whatever we're lifting up to you right now, Lord, you see it all. Even before the words left our mouth, you know what we're praying for. You see the need, you see the request. God, I know, I know that I know that I know that you are good and that you're moving and you're acting. And God, even when we don't see results right away, Lord, it does not mean that you have not already left and sent angels on our behalf to accomplish things. So Lord, we believe you and we trust in you. God, forgive us, Lord, in areas that we need forgiveness. Lord, we come to you as sinners. Even those of us righteous in Christ, Lord, we come to you still not perfect, still have issues, still have needs that we're working out. But God, we come before you saying, forgive us in the areas that we need forgiveness. God, even the things that we have tried to hide in the dark corners of our heart, Lord, you still see it, you still know it. God, I pray that you would forgive us and now simultaneously, Lord, give us the ability to forgive everyone else who has sinned against us. Lord, we release all offense. We drop every offense that we have. We drop every bitterness. We drop every uh, unforgiveness. God, we drop it all in the name of Jesus. We free that individual from our offense just as you have freed us. God, I pray that you would walk with us. God, lead us, protect us, guide us, cover us with the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.